Hello and welcome to Energy Extra Time. I'm Sean McGill and I'm once again joined by some of Energy Sports Best to discuss the biggest stories in football from this midweek and look ahead to the weekend. First of all, as always, I'm joined by Mr Cameron Wonstall. How are you, mate? I'm good. How's it going for you, Matt? Not bad. I enjoyed seeing your face today on the mm-hmm. on our uni call, and you managed to not avoid a slagging from from yeah. anyone really. It's been quite a positive yeah. reaction. Fact, everyone, yeah, everyone in the group chat's been really nice about it. I think so, they're lying. So sweet. Ah, they're, they're just <laughs> they're not in our nah, group chat. Nah, no, I'm going to be, I'm going to stay positive. You're trying to bring me down. I'm going to stay positive. I think I think they're being genuine. I think they'll hate you. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we've got uh, Jack Donnelly, who is so excited to be on this podcast, he's just told us he's in his bed playing FIFA. <laughs> How are you, mate? When, well, I'd, I'd, just like to, I'd just like to prove that we can multitask here at Energy Sports, you know what I mean? football insight is so good that you can be sitting there on a virtual game of football while still giving excellent analysis on real-life football. You know what, it's just it's just going to take one comment about Joe Chalmers to rope me back in and then the TV's getting punted. Like that, <sighs> That's all it's going to take for me to come back into the, come back into the well, fold of the show. We are talking about transfers today, but I, I think that Joe Chalmers from Ross County <laughs> to Air United might just slip <laughs> under the radar. Might, might, might be a bit of an oversight. No, might, <laughs> we might avoid that one, but any any time I can bring up here is a good time for me. Sorry about that, mate. Um, and <laughs> we've also got Jamie McIntosh, who jumped in late. He's, he's our saviour. Thank you very much, mate. How are you? It's all right, yeah. Uh, all good here. The sun is shining, so I'm a little surprised to hear that Jack is lying in his bed, but there you go. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? And it is yeah. a beautiful day. Yeah. And what, what a day, and what a day to sit inside and talk about midweek football. So we'll, we'll press on with that, and we'll start, as always, with our big shout. Uh, I'll go with Jack, first of all. How about you start us off? Right. This this is probably going to be quite controversial as they always are on Big Shout. Yep. But you've mentioned transfers. Spurs are doing some excellent business this week. They're bringing in uh, Sergio Regulion, I believe his last name is. I believe I've said that correctly from uh, Real Madrid as a left back. And Gareth Bale has been confirmed that he will be flying to London on Friday to re-sign on a loan deal with his former club. That's a massively improved left-hand side. I know it's a bit harsh on Hugh Minson, but it is massively improved. My big shout is they still won't get top four with the addition of those two signings, <laughs> purely because of Mourinho. That's almost identical to my big shout, so I'm going yes! to scramble for something <laughs> else just now. And will you elaborate on that point? Well, it doesn't really. It's not really going to take two players to change that Spurs team around. We all watched them against Everton at the weekend, and we were all in agreement. We said it on uh, Monday in the roundup. We were all in agreement that they were absolutely woeful to watch. There was no entertainment value. There was nothing bright about that team whatsoever, despite the fact that Humanson and Harry Kane were fully fit. So I, I really don't see them getting top four. I can see them maybe pushing for fifth and maybe pushing the top four a bit more closely, but I still, I still think it's going to be fairly comfortable for the teams that we've all predicted to finish up there to stay ahead of the, stay ahead of Mourinho's Spurs, unless unless Mourinho does go. Which would be a bit premature for him to go, considering it's only his second season. But well, I suppose we'll just have to wait and see how that goes. I'm interested by Spurs as well, and I'm, as I said, um, I was along the similar lines of thinking that I don't think it'll actually propel them um, up the league table. Gareth Bale's a great player, then, mm-hmm. um, but not much football. Uh, you've got to think about how much will it take a wee while to get up to speed, and then also I think it's interesting with. Um, 
Regula on it is that he, the way Spurs have been playing since Mourinho has come in is the left backs tucked in almost like mm-hmm. when you, Ben Davis you saw it against Everton on Sunday in that woeful performance where Ben Davis would tuck inside and almost make a back three to so the right back Serge Aurier and then now Matt Doherty could go flying up and I don't think as from what I saw of Sevilla last season I wouldn't say that was particularly um, his game while he was on loan there so it'll be interesting to see if that changes the tactical dynamic of, of Spurs which I think if you listen to the football roundup, we'd all be quite keen to see because we're not too impressed by them. <laughs> Jamie, what do you make of uh, Spurs transfer dealings? I think yeah, no, I think Bale will be a, a very good addition, but I think we are all intrigued to see how they how they perform under Mourinho because obviously the system for the Do- Doherty, for example, or Doherty is uh, is very different to to what he's he's been used to previously. So I think we are all intrigued to see how how the new signings pan out at Spurs um, because they certainly needed some new acquisitions but under Mourinho as we know he is a very difficult manager to work under sometimes so um, it will be interesting to see how they how they can adapt to his style of football Cameron, are you excited about Gareth Bale's return to the Premier League? Yeah, sure, why not? He is a, a huge player um, world class even if he gets his if he sort of finds his feet again uh, I think seeing him in the internationals I don't think he's anything special for Wales but he's barely played for the last season or two so that's to be expected uh, maybe I wouldn't expect like fireworks straight away but uh, definitely by like December time maybe I'd expect him to be lighting the Premier League up again and hopefully he does uh, I'll go to Jamie McIntosh now for his big shout Okay, well, as you mentioned, I came on last minute and uh, I've just plucked this out thin air for something that's happened during the week. Charlie Adam will flop at Dundee. <laughs> that was my backup one! <laughs> was it? I hate you. <laughs> right, there so you go. can you please keep talking about Charlie Adam for as long as you like so I can think of something? He is going to be 35 now, later in the year. Uh, I think December, he's, he turns 35. Charlie Adam has had... A very illustrious career. Um, would never take that away from him. Um, I think the, the, the most games he's played um, for one club was at Stoke City. But, you know, again, I was he's done all right at Liverpool. Uh, in that Blackpool team back in, well, it was around about 2010, it was around about 10 years ago now. Um, that was kind of when, when they were promoted. I, I loved watching that Blackpool team <laughs> just because some of the names uh, like Gary Taylor Fletcher, DJ Campbell, and all that just proper throwbacks. Um, but then Reading after Stoke, he, he was all right at Reading, but he had a year there and then was released. And now Dundee have picked him up. It's his boyhood club, so you know, uh, maybe there's going to be that extra bit of um, impetus for him to, to perform. But for me, I saw it with Glenn Whelan at Hearts. And I know it's a different player, but, you know, you, you see these kind of guys that have made a decent career of it down south. And the Scottish game is so different. And I think some players just struggle to adapt to the, just the sheer pace of the game. And I think Charlie Adam at the, the young age of uh, well, thirty-four at the moment will uh, will be one of those players that will struggle to adapt, especially in the middle of the park. Cameron, does uh, Charlie Adams' arrival at Dens Park have the hearts running you quaking? Oh, absolutely! I am, I am really shaking over here. Um, <laughs> what was it? You were saying the group Chester. Their midfield's about a combined age of about one hundred and fifty, so yeah. I'm not too worried. <laughs> to be fair, we've got maybe one or two too many veterans in our team as well, like the Nate Smith and Bever and stuff, but. Um, no, I think for them to have their home midfield, basically, unless they've got a youngster I've not heard of that's going to add a bit of pace and a bit of um, dynamism in that midfield, then 
not too scared of them. They're definitely not our biggest threat, I don't think, this season heading into the, the championship season. <coughs> well, we're talking about... <laughs> no chance. <laughs> no. Joe Chalmers. Um, yeah, absolutely not. Um, well, we're ha- sort of on the subject of, of Hearts. What have you guys heard about um, Hearts' new addition? Uh, a defensive option bringing in a little bit of uh, cover for the very injury-prone defence. I've heard the American fans are really torn up about it, so I am very pleased. Oh, it gets a kick into yeah. that football club is good by you. We've gave them Zalal and we've took this guy, and um, I'm so happy. Really. The extent to what I've heard about him is he's a footballer. So yeah. that, that, that's, what, yeah. that's what we're basing it on. Nielsen, uh, Nielsen said like, sorry, that he brings out from the back a lot. He's a proper ball playing defender, which is exactly what we need with um, John Tower missing. So, mm. yeah, pr- probably a really a safe, um, capable. I would say semi-experienced addition to the team at least. Who's played in Scotland before as well, obviously, yeah, Schumer, yeah, as you mentioned. Yeah. I think that's quite crucial. You, you know, under uh, Ian Cathrow, he decided to bring in a lot of foreign imports who had never never played in the the, the Scottish game before, and uh, obviously we all know how that panned out. So I think the fact that Bepescu playing in the middle of the, the middle of the defence, having played um, played in Scotland before, is is really important. Um, and yeah, I think uh, from from what St. Mirren fans have said, he they rated him very highly and are seething that he has joined Hearts. So yes, all for it. Um, well, as I've said, I've had two of my big shouts stolen by the guests <laughs> on, this, on this podcast. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely plucking something out of thin air here. I'm going to go for a, based off a tweet that I saw earlier this week. And I'm going to say that team of English right-backs would beat this current Scottish national team. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anyone saw the tweets from, from Daniel Storey. Um, hmm. He put out an 11 of uh, English right-backs. And I'll just tell you now. Uh, James Justin, Kieran Trippier, Adewan Bazaka, Kyle Walker, Rhys James, Luke Ayling, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Max Ahrens, Kyle Walker-Peters, Tariq Lamptey and Ainsley Maitland-Niles. And I've seen us Scotland play the last two internationals and they were absolutely yeah. woeful. So I reckon that team would do a number against us. Yeah, I would I agree with wrong. that. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. We moan about our left-back problem, but that is ridiculous. I was about to say, well, if we do like a charity game, they're right-backs versus our left-backs. <laughs> that'd be a good laugh. That'd be brilliant. That would be quite interesting. Something actually, who's playing right-back in that team? Right. Um, Kyle Walker played against uh, Iceland. And then, who, and then Keenan Trippier was playing left-back. So they're doing their going for the approach that we've tried before with Robertson and uh, Robertson and Tierney but I mean you've got to think it's Alexander-Arnold but you could he's always been tipped to maybe move into midfield so he has and Rhys James is a midfielder or was a midfielder as well at at times in his youth career I've heard so oh hold on I found the tweet there Uh, Rhys James is the right back in that team in a a 4-2-3-1 so that that should suggest that uh, Rhys James is the right back of all English right backs and, yeah. and yeah, he, he starts behind Trent Alexander-Arnold in the rankings, but that, that's just me getting the Chelsea bias in again, boys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. What did you make of Chelsea on um, on Monday, Jack? <sighs> Dire for a good kind of 40 minutes or so after. You know, we were all right first 20, and then after the penalty, Brighton really took over, and then they scored, obviously. Then Reese James went on and decided that he'd had enough of Tariq Lamptey getting all the praise and... <laughs> just to take all the credit from himself and then we looked much better from that point on so I think it's this team that still needs to gel together and get all the missing pieces back into play once they're all fit again so a work in progress I would say and um, did the sort of did the performance of 
Kepa Balaga sort of ramp up your, your hype for getting another goalkeeper in? I don't hate a lot of people, Sean. <laughs> but I have genuine contempt for this man. I, I'm, I, I can't actually speak, for, speak about him for a long period of time because I will just end up cursing his name. And I imagine I you were a Hearts that, fan. Uh, and last season you had to put with Pereira as well. I yeah, don't I don't know. Made it. Yeah, I don't know how you guys did it with more than one <laughs> goalkeeper. Honestly, I don't know how you managed it. Yeah, that is quite worrying, isn't it? But um, but a win for Chelsea and uh, still more of the new recruits to come in. So it'll be interesting to see how they develop because we're a bit disappointed to not see more of the the new signings mm. on Monday. But hopefully that progresses on nicely. Cameron, how about you round off big shout and give us yours? Yeah, well, mine's is obviously the English League Cup or Carabao Cup, whatever it's called. Uh, I was playing this week. I think still maybe a game or so tonight. Um, uh, my big shout is that it should be scrapped. Get now, it going. Yeah, I just I, I would have liked it to be scrapped even just for the season of coronavirus, but that's just not possible. Sponsorships and whatever. But I was looking up. There's only 24 nations in the world that have a League Cup out of over 200. Uh, Argentina, Portugal, and Scotland. The only you could class like medium league or above that has it. And the Argentina ones played after the season finishes, which is just ridiculous. Um, France cancelled theirs last year. Germany got theirs over a decade ago. I just think like the shock factor's gone, like because you beat a big team, and it's because the big teams switched out their entire team. Like Leeds got beat off Hull um, yesterday or the day before, mm-hmm. but they made ten changes from their Premier League opener. Crystal Palace lost to Bournemouth. They done the exact same thing. Watford only beat Oxford on penalties. They got took all the way to penalties. Um, and there was only one or two other like shots. Southampton as well. Uh, Southampton, yes, thank you. Like it, <laughs> the teams aren't trying. The teams don't want to go through it. They're not bothered. They really don't care. There's no financial benefit. The chance of them winning it as soon as the big six come in, like a round or two later, uh, is just it's so so slim. It's not worth pushing for Europe in it. Uh, I think in the last 15, 16 years, only Birmingham and Swansea outside the top six have won it. And Birmingham's was so lucky. If you remember the final one nil, an own goal or something. Um, I just think. If they scrapped the League Cup, it would put more focus on the FA Cup. You could pummel more money into that, maybe. And I don't know. I just don't think it's worth having. It's a waste of everyone's time, and no one really enjoys it anymore. A waste of everyone's time, but then, young, like you said, there was 10 changes to that Leeds United team. These Leeds United players might not get a chance to play first-team football this season if there isn't opportunities like the League Cup and the FA Cup for these young players to get minutes. So is it not that's, that's an opportunity totally true, for a pathway? Should we really have a cup just so some young players can get some game time? Like, Surely there's a better alternative, at least. You could make something out of that. I had an idea that you don't put the teams in Europe into the League Cup. So the teams that get into Europe the season before don't go into it and then the winner of that League Cup gets into Europe so it gives the smaller teams a chance of going into Europe and whatnot, and the big six will win it but it would just be ridiculed it's like a mini, like a Mickey Mouse Cup and then and also League League 1 and 2 clubs won't, wouldn't get the chance to play at Old Trafford or exactly. the Everett so. yeah the, the, any sort of spectacle that's left is gone so I sort of threw that idea away so I, I just personally think as much as I like seeing little teams have a chance of getting something um, I, I just think it should be scrapped I, I don't see what it offers anymore to be honest do either of you want to make a defence of the League Cup? Nah. To be honest. <laughs> I would keep it. I, th- I mean, I, I'm not a football player, so I don't care about fatigue. I don't care about... <laughs> I don't have a... I, I don't care about my, my team playing too many games. Like I would just... There's football on. There's more chances of... I know you're, what you're saying about shocks have happened less over the years and or if they do, they're diminished because of the, the players yeah. on the pitch, but... I just think that 
why not give more people an opportunity to play big games that they'll remember for the rest of their life, to get that chance to go to Wembley, to qualify for European football, although it doesn't happen very often. Um, it doesn't... I don't think it makes the quality of football yeah, particularly shame, bad. I, I, mean, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see it gone. I just think it has to. Just... And, no, and it's current form, yeah. I think if they change yeah, the system exactly. like what you were talking about, potentially just cutting out any teams that qualify for Europe, that might be a better way of handling it and giving those smaller teams the bigger opportunities once again. So I think yeah, they might yeah. need to just rejig the whole system behind it, potentially. Definitely. Interesting. Well, that was some, some good big shouts there. Um, we'll move on now to the second ball where we pick up on some other stories from the week will start at St Mirren Park as the Buddies took the lead against champion Celtic but fell behind to a 2-1 loss um, Jamie I'll come to you on this is winning ugly a good sign for Neil Lennon and Celtic or should they be worried about the performances bit of both I suppose um, you always say that champions kind of they, they need to have that ability to win ugly and when they don't play their best and still manage to, to pick up three points, then that's that's a good thing. But at the same time, you you won't get that kind of lucky forever. And, and no disrespect to Saint Mirren, um, you know they, sure? they will they will well they will play tougher teams, you know in the in the future. So the the performance is is a concern, but also Neil Lennon will be happy that his side were able to to get the three points despite not playing anywhere near to the best of, of their ability. You know, the old firm is, is getting nearer and nearer now and they are the games that the performance will need to be raised significantly if they are to, to get three points because let's be serious, Rangers haven't considered a goal yet. Um, they, they won't get that lucky against against Rangers. So it is a concern, but it's also it's also a positive. Uh, Jamie mentioned it there, Jack, or he sort of alluded to it, that Rangers have been fantastic in these opening mm-hmm. games of the Scottish Premiership, haven't conceded a goal. Ryan Kent's finally contributing in terms of goals mm-hmm. and assists. Yanis Hadji looks to be getting involved again. He was praised by Stephen Gerrard after their win over Dundee United. Um, if you're, from Rangers' perspective, are you looking at Celtic and seeing these performances over the opening weeks and thinking this really is our chance to, to wrestle away 10 in a row? I think you would have to. I mean, I think just everything that's happened with Celtic this season so far, in comparison to what Rangers have been able to do, it really is the blue side of Glasgow that's feeling the positivity just now. And I think with that old firm coming up, I, d- I don't think it's set in stone that once that once that uh, point comes, if Rangers win it, they will go on to win the league. I still think there could be another couple of twists and turns, as there always is in Scottish football. But I, I, d- I don't see any reason why... Rangers fans shouldn't be happy just now because you see these performances, Celtic, they're not looking their best and if Rangers keep playing the way they are, it could really be quite a one-sided affair come the 17th of October. That being said, the fact that Celtic are playing below their standard and they're still managing to grind these results out could be problematic because if Rangers can't find a way to do the same, uh, if they're fed with a challenging uh, tie, that could spell trouble come the end of the season when they fixtures come quite in quite tricky fashion so I'd, I'd, still, I'd still say to be positive for the Rangers fans for sake though Cameron um, Hearts and St Mirren working together nicely to get Bobby Zomal in the door uh, for the buddies he saved a penalty last night do you think this is another example of St Mirren sort of having a positive season they were ridiculed Tony Fitzpatrick their, um, their chairman was 
was slagged off quite a lot because he said they had aspirations of top six this year. Do you think that putting a good performance against the champions shows that that's maybe not something to be laughed at? Yeah, I, I personally still don't think they're going to get top six. I think I think that sort of comment does. I, I don't think it was nice to be ridiculed, but I, I don't think that sort of pressure helps anyone. Um, I think what they're doing this season is purely based to how the team's doing, how the manager's doing. I don't think that comment would have affected them in any positive way. But uh, yeah, no, they're doing quite well. Um, even Slamal is someone that gets a lot of slagging off, including for me, but he's not as bad a goalkeeper as people think. He just makes a few errors. Um, oh, a, a few errors again. He's awful. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, no, I don't think he's that bad. Um, he's certainly not as low as Pereira. Let's put it that way. Uh, he plays for Manchester United. Certainly, he's better than Colin Doyle as well. Um, he plays for Kilmarnock. Yeah, so thanks for clearing both my points there. <laughs> um, no, no, I'm really... Uh, either way, but back to St. Mirren as a club. Um, no, I think they'll do okay this season. I don't see them going down. Um, I think maybe... I think they'd take 7th to 8th place. That'd be a positive step towards maybe maybe a top 6 finish in the next few seasons. I think the top 6 is interesting this year because I think there's a very set-in-stone top 4 um, that... Um, of Aberdeen Hibs joining the old firm and that looks I think that will stay the same for the rest of the season mm-hmm. but really everyone else I feel like could finish fifth and could get relegated at the same time I think it's yeah. a properly exciting season who do you season. think will go down uh, who do you think will get those final two places those final two places who's, yeah. um, I do expect right. Motherwell to bounce back I really do think that right. that squad's good enough to finish in the top mm-hmm. six I mean they're two points off the top six. They're yeah. three points off fifth. So, you know, there's there's three points between fifth and, and twelfth at the moment. So it is incredibly close. So despite Motherwell being absolutely brutal, they can't get any worse. Yeah. So you would think that they have every opportunity still to, to achieve a top six finish. I've yeah. got to agree. I think Motherwell and maybe St Johnston. St Johnston are quite a regular. Mm. They do push top six quite often mm-hmm. nowadays. Not all the time, but just a steady ship really. So it's a question cool. since from the start, but Dundee United's chances probably depend on the whereabouts of Lauren Shanklin come the end of the transfer window. Yeah. Um, even though they've done fairly decent without him being there, but, uh, mm. but having that edge and having that clinical finisher will make a difference for them. Definitely. Um, nobody wants to... Jack, do you want to make a case for Kilmarnock in the top six? <sighs> Next question. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you just trying to get somebody else to do it so you don't have to because you know how unlikely it is? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not making a case for Kamara in the top six. I don't believe it at all. Uh, absolutely not. Um, we'll move on now and talk a little bit more about some transfers. The biggest transfer coming out today as we record on Thursday is that Thiago looks set to join Liverpool. It's been rumoured for months and months now and according to The Athletic, he is on his way. I've seen some pictures of him in a Liverpool strip. We'll start with Cameron since since he's a wee Liverpool fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, how excited are you about uh, the best midfielder in the Champions League last season, Champions League winner oh, yeah. joining I'm a junior club? Big Liverpool and a big Thiago fan. Um, he really, really just impresses me every time I see him. He's someone that really, like a year ago, I honestly didn't take much notice of him. I thought, yeah, he's a good player, but never watched him enough to know enough about him. But this season, also with lockdown and stuff, watching the Bundesliga a bit more, I just think... Um, He's exceptional, great player. Um, it depends on the fee as well. Um, he's got a year left on his contract, I think. So, I still feel maybe not the thirty million steep, but for someone a year left on a contract, he should be going more for twenty million, especially when Liverpool are being so, you know, tight with their money right now. Um, but no, a great signing definitely adds more to that midfield because it'll be Fabinho in the CDM role. Him probably 
left centre mid likely, really a lot of aggressive pressure and, and then you've got a box to box on the right hand side, a, a Henderson, a Kate, a Ginny, whatever. Um, I think it just really solidifies that midfield that rotates a little bit too much for my liking and um, I think maybe one more attacker, maybe on each uh, winger perhaps, that can really fill in for Salah or Mane. Um, that would be a, a pretty solid transfer window considering what's going on right now. Yeah, Jack, there's been a lot of talk about Chelsea's signings, but does this have the potential mm-hmm. to be looked back on as the signing of the summer? Absolutely. I mean, when you look at the fee involved, I think £20 million and then £5 million in add-ons, it's ridiculous for the amount, the quality of the player that, he's, that he brings, the quality of the player brings for the fee that's been paid. One thing I do want to raise, though, I was speaking to a friend of mine this morning about it, who's a massive Liverpool fan, and he messaged me saying, I actually can't believe we are signing a world-class footballer in his prime. I'm, I'm struggling to believe that he's he's in disbelief at it. Because the Premier League champions won the Champions League a, uh, a year ago. World, uh, club, uh, World Cup champions as well, if you want to throw that in there. And, he, and yet he's surprised that they're signing world-class players. Uh, it, it, I, I'm, I'm more surprised that it took them le- this long, if I'm being honest. Mm. I think it, it says a lot about Liverpool's recruitment in the sense that it's still a fantastic addition, but it's taken them this long for, in today's market, a minimal fee. Well, I do believe he will be one of the signings of the season, and I will back that probably throughout the year. I, it, ju- it just kind of speaks volumes about how Liverpool are going about bringing players in if it's taking them that long to lump up £20 million for him. You sound, he, you sound as if you're maybe being a bit critical there of Liverpool's transfer strategy, but it's they've brought in sort of uh, players who aren't quite at that level yet and then nurtured them to fit their system, mm-hmm. and then it's led them to be champions of Europe, champions of England, champions of the world. So it's... This seems like a, a sort of, it is definitely a diversion from the usual transfer strategy, but it's just sort of solidifying an already fantastic squad with, like you say, the world-class player. I am not wrong. You're not wrong. It, ju- it just kind of took me by surprise if Liverpool are this mega club mm. in world football that it, it kind of seemed to... They wouldn't lump up, what, £15 million for Jamal Lewis and it's taken them this long to get £20 million for a world-class player. It's... I'm not. I'm not really criticising the transfer per se, but the way the the way in which they went about it, I suppose. Jamie, I've seen a lot of people say that um, this transfer has changed their Premier League prediction. That if they previously thought Manchester City were going to win the title, they now think that the addition of Thiago makes Liverpool the favourites. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I could see why they why they think that. I mean, he's had what seven magnificent years at, at Bayern Munich, where he's. He's won just about everything. Um, I think for the fee as well, it is a bargain. Um, he's going to wear the number six jersey I was reading earlier. Um, a lot of people seem to think that he's just going to slot perfectly into that, that midfield free. Um, I'm intrigued. Who, whose expense, whose, um, whose place is he going to take then in that, yeah. in that midfield free? Because I feel like Liverpool are kind of spoiled for choice with, with centre mids at the moment. I've seen them play so many different ones and, and Graham had highlighted... Uh, on one of the, I think it was one of the uh, previews that we did, um, saying that how Nabi Keita is going to kind of come in and come into his own, and I think he said that he was his um, his pick for one of the categories, one of the players he was kind of most it, looking for. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, I just feel like they're spoiled for choice, and I would I would love to know what the the kind of midfield three is is going to be like, and in uh, Jurgen Klopp's Klopp's mind, what he wants to do with this midfield free now, he's, he's you know he's been very um, he personally hasn't been very vocal about Thiago, but Thiago has always been mentioned that he's going to Liverpool. You know, it's been a, a transfer that's been spoken about for a long time, and finally, 
it seems to be getting over the line. So, I don't know, I'm just intrigued to see if there's going to be somebody departing from Liverpool or whether they're just going to have far too many centre-mids. <laughs> yeah, interesting, isn't it? Because um, Gino Wijnaldum's been linked to Barcelona, yeah. reunited. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the main so one. That, that might happen. And then, because Curtis Jones got some minutes the other day, didn't he? So, but, he did, yeah. Know, would, he, that would, that would, be that, would that be the case, sorry, if... Uh, if more midfielders came in, so it will be interesting to see. I saw some people suggest that maybe Steven Gerrard could get a loan deal for Curtis Jones, which I think is the exact type of player that they need to sort of box-to-box, energetic number eight. Um, and if that could be done for Rangers, that might really tip the tide in that title race as well. So um, That's just complete speculation. I don't think there's anything in that. Um, but it would maybe make sense. Rangers play a similar style to, to Liverpool. Um so that's an interesting one to keep an eye on. And I completely agree with you who drops out of that midfield because Fabinho's been very good as Liverpool's number six when he's been fit. Um, and then Thiago also has done that for, for Bayern Munich. So definitely one to keep an eye on there. Uh, we will move on now to our game of See It Out. It's an important one because, well, I wish, Cameron, I wish you were hosting this one to be fair because it's myself. Not after last week. Jack, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it's myself, Jack, and Jamie who are the only members of energy sport on a uh, on zero so there's oh, yeah. a good chance that one of them pick yeah. up a, a point here um, and we've been talking quite a fair bit about transfers today so that's what i'm sticking with oh no and oh, okay. in front of me i'm gonna cut it off at a certain point and then if we need to keep going which i doubt probably then we can um we can uh, do that so i'm gonna say i've got in front of me the top 30 transfers and history in terms of money spent. Um, if someone appears on the list twice, which they don't on this one I've got in front of me, so it's fine. Um, they've just come with a bigger one. Um, we'll just ignore that then. So, top 30 player transfers in history. I need you to give me the name. If they're not in the top 30, then you're out. And you need to make sure you're not repeating anyone, of course. Uh, Cameron put me last last time, so I'm going to do that to him again. <laughs> And I'll start with Jamie because Jack's an air fan. So this is the most expensive transfer, the, the top 30 most expensive transfers? Yep. Right, okay. Um, Neymar. Top of the list, of course, from Barcelona to PSG. Mm-hmm. Was it me now, yeah? On you go, mate. Kylian Mbappe. That's number two, well done. Monaco Thank to you. PSG. Uh, Ronaldo, Cristiano. Yeah, of course. He is a, a joint number nine, £88 mm. million. Pounds. Uh, Kai Havertz. He is there with Ronaldo, yeah. Begrudgingly, Kepa eats a balaga. Hmm. He is number 18 on the list. I can't forget he's been said already. Um, Gareth Bale. Yep, he is there. Uh, Virgil van Dijk. Correct. From Southampton to Liverpool for £75 million. Paul Pogba. Yep. He's quite high up the list. Yep, joint number seven with another player, eighty-nine million pounds. Oh God, um, I can't remember how much he was bought for. Uh, Pressure is uh, on. Lukaku, Lukaku. Lukaku. He was sold for a while, wasn't he? Uh, no, I'm stumped. So. Oh, no way. Uh, yes, so uh, yeah. number fifteen. Yeah, fifteen. Eden Hazard, his Belgian counterpart. Yeah, number three. Well, a joint three with somebody else. I don't know why it's joint three because it's different. Oh, because it exchange rates. 
Uh, some some financial talk here on Energetra things. <laughs> <laughs> Just talking about stocks at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I hope this is right because I think he did go for a super feat. Usman Dembele yeah, going from uh, Dortmund to Barcelona. Paul Pogba, 105 million euros, but um, it was more in pounds because of exchange rates. Brexit. Mm. Love that. Wait. <laughs> um, Alisson? I can't remember if he went for a lot. No, he definitely does. Did I? Mm. He was most expensive keeper before Kepa came along. Before Kepa, yep, but. He is 40 on the list, oh. unfortunately. The other two I had in my mind are definitely cheaper. Oh, so we've, got, we've got a new winner today, regardless. <laughs> a new winner, somebody else is getting on the board, which I hate. Go on, Jim. I have none. Uh, Griezmann. <laughs> Number five on the list, £107 million from um, Atletico to Barcelona. Philippe Coutinho. Yep, he was the, the joint third, £168 million, Euros, but. Um, yeah, do you want to go for it again, Jamie? Uh, because it's on my laptop, I'm oh, to uh, them out, so I'm kind of having to. Uh, oh, Christ, Arsenal. Uh, Pepe, the Arsenal boy. Nicholas Pepe. The Arsenal boy is there. Yeah, £72 yes. Yep, Leo oh. Yeah, he went for a nuts fee, I knew that. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I, I could, this could be bad here. Yeah, I'm struggling now, to be fair. And this is now Jack. Do you know how many we've we've got? How many are left? Uh, we must have named a good few. Still a fair few. Like a lot. Ah, really? Sort of just on the the sort of the last five. You know, even the last sort of the last ten. Really, you've not said from like twenty to thirty. Right. Um, Nailed quite a lot of the big ones, but still some missing. Not got the fourth. You've not got the fourth most expensive player in history. That's bad. (laughs) That's bad for us. Uh, Well, if I get this wrong, Jamie wins then. Yep. Yeah, that's what we're at that stage. This is big. This is big calls. Oh, Frankie De Jong. Yeah, he's oh, that's there, yeah. Quite low that's down, yeah, there. but he is there, £65 million. Pounds. I thought he was £75, good lord. <laughs> uh, I'm struggling now. I, I'm going to go with. Is Rodri there? Did City not take. I don't know who Cameron said, but. I think City played a lot for paid a lot for him. I don't know if it's top thirty though. It's number twenty eight. Oh, yes. you're oh. there. You're oh, there. He's there. Sixty three million pounds. I knew it'd be close. I knew they paid a ridiculous amount for him. Mm. Yes, there. Can't believe right. he's only sixty million plus. I was thinking of Torres, like fifty. Wow. No, yeah. I am. Torres is fifty. Forty eight. That's crazy. So you've given me a wee, a wee ballpark there, Jack. You have, yeah. You've got kind of anything sixty plus. Ah. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my neck out for this one, Zlatan. <laughs> you stuck your neck, neck out, and it's paid off. It's thirty on the list. Oh, what? <laughs> what? Shout. Fifty-six what deal was million that? pounds from Inter to Barca. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. More if you count in how much Eto was worth, but we'll, we'll just go with the fee. <laughs> Still not got the fourth most expensive player in the world. Also How much was Zlatan, sorry? 56 million pounds. 56 million pounds. I think I've got one actually. 29 million uh, <laughs> 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 Yeah, so, so the only, yeah, only player you're missing in the top 10 is number 4. Um, and then your next one's like 13. So some ones you're going to, you will kick yourself. <sighs> Is 
I'm really, st- I'm really struggling now. That's just bad. I'm trying to think who number four is. That's pretty bad I that would, we can't get I that. Wouldn't. I would think. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who Chelsea paid stupid money for. I can't know who that is. But, yeah, it's good news, I'll, come, I'll come to you after, after Carlin and see if you can talk It's about a long time yeah, ago. Yeah. Uh, De Bruyne? Oh, that's a good shot. Yeah, it's a long there. time ago, though. He there. He's there, yeah. but he's not number four, no? So he's... No, he's not. He's been only 60 million. Oh, right. Yeah, oh, only. 75 oh, million right. euros, um, but mm-hmm. £55 million. Pounds oh, so but he's there. Oh, How uh, many Kaka. are left? Um, I would have to do a quick count. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, oh, no. 7, 8, 9, 10. 10 answers remaining. Maybe 11. Ka- Kaka's on that list, surely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good shout. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not. He's not. Yeah. Um, he, Kaka's 32 on that list. Oh. Uh, for the first time, the winner of C- yes. well done, Jamie McIntyre. That was quite good. That was a good one. Oh, Who was four? That was that was quite tense. <laughs> Number oh my God. four is Joao Felix yeah, from Benfica to Atletico Madrid. Number 13 or 14. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll do it from the way up of yeah, the ones we, we missed. Thomas Lamar is 29. Yeah. Um, yeah. Monaco to Atletico. What other ones you missed? Uh, Matthias De Ligt. When I thought when when Jack said Frankie De Jong, I thought somebody else might say. Oh, Matthias I should have jumped on that. Um, Di Maria from Real to Manchester United. Hamid uh, Rodriguez to Real Madrid. Zidane to Real Madrid. Oh, um, still holds up. Uh, Lucas Hernandez from Atletico to Bayern. And you're Top getting. It, you're getting. I know that was eighty million euros, seventy million pounds. Oh my god. Um, Luis Suarez from Liverpool to Barca. Virgil van Dijk, did someone say that? I don't know actually. I said that, Something I think. James, uh, James um, Harry Maguire, obviously the most uh, uh, oh, expensive right. defender in the world. <laughs> Gonzalo Higuain is the last That's one there. And then, um, from Napoli to Juventus was 90 million euros, 75 million pounds. Um, and then, yeah, Joe Felix at the top there for number four. But Felix. Oh, apart from Maguire, I'm not sure where they got many more of them. To be honest. Yeah, it was getting tough there. So when it got yeah. Higuain or Felix. Like, no Should have got Maguire, but other than that, I'm not really... I thought Zidane, and they went, oh no, Lewis Fiegel would have cost more than him. And then went to whoever I said knocked me out. Uh, I came into who I said now. And just forgot about Zidane. I would have been knocked in the next round anyway, like I was not getting any of them. I think you said Alisson or something, did you not? Mm-hmm. Ah, you said Alisson. Some uh, interesting players in the, in the top... Hernan Crespo is still in the top Crespo. 50. Crespo. How much was he again? <laughs> um, 58.5 million euros, so that was 35 million. But Fred's in the top 50. Yeah, oh, God. Uh, Tangi and Dombley's in the top 50. Luka Jovic, Oscar. Yo- uh, oh, Oscar Cancelo's a shot. Cancelo's 35. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. That's crazy, isn't it? Rian Mare's 31 just outside. But yeah, that's a very good, and still nobody's been a two-time winner of See It Out yet. So uh, this is good. Sean, our time's just, coming. Don't worry. <laughs> just me and Jack now. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get there next week, and Cameron will be hosting. So I've got a chance to, to get a point on the board next week. So I'll be looking forward to that. Just not using the Premier League website to do it. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> yeah, blame the Premier League. <laughs> I know. Put yourself a bit of <laughs> yeah, Graham Sinclair wasn't too happy with the quiz last week. I was doing it, week, and I thought, like, I was like, oh, why is like Christian Daly in that knowing this? I just didn't think to look. <laughs> <laughs> didn't think to do your research <laughs> for a quiz. 
Great. Glad, <laughs> you, glad you care so much about the uh, integrity of this podcast, Cameron. Thank you very much. That's <laughs> why uh, you're the main host, Sean. That's yeah, why I'm just that's, here. Yeah, that's you're that. just here to chip in. <laughs> um, we'll move on now to looking ahead, and we'll start with the European Games tonight. Uh, Rangers go to Lincoln Redemps, Motherwell travel to Coleraine, and Aberdeen play Viking in Norway. Uh, Rangers kick off at four o'clock, which is the same time as mine and Cameron's lecture, but maybe we could mute ourselves and find a way around around that one. Uh, (laughs) Jamie, do you think there's any potential banana skins in here? Who are you most worried about? I think it's got to be Aberdeen, to be honest. Um, I was looking at the odds earlier. Rangers were 1-25 to on... Motherwell were one to two on an Aberdeen. Uh, the Viking were favourites to beat Aberdeen tonight. Ooh. Viking were favourites, so clearly no mugs. Bookies are rarely wrong, so Viking must be all right. I can't say I know an awful lot about my Norwegian football, um, <laughs> other than Rosenberg. I think they're from Norway, so uh, other than that, it's pretty limited in that department. So clearly Viking no mugs, and uh, Aberdeen will have a very tough test away from home tonight. So. Definitely most worried about them going out tonight than the other two. Jack, what do you think about Rangers' chances? He's got a chance to stick another dagger in the hearts of Celtic fans after Lincoln Redemps upset Brendan Rodgers in his first game as Celtic manager. Do you think they'll do it? Of course. I mean, I've, I've kind of got to... You, you, you always back the Scottish teams in Europe no matter what and no matter what they're doing. Did uh, you do that could... against uh, when a certain Welsh team came up to Ayrshire last season? <sighs> For coefficient, yes, but for, oh, for, shut for up. Pat. No, you didn't. You loved for, for Pat, and I'm so happy. I'm so happy you lost for Pat. The, the the Rangers team has been put out, so it's it's McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Edmondson, Barisic is a back Edmondson. four. Uh, Kamara, Arfield, Stewart, Hadji, Roof, and uh, Cedric Hitton. Jared thinks he's walking that then. He does. Yeah, and as he should. I would as well, to be honest. I mean, yeah. Red Empty tripped uh, Celtic up in the past but Jeff would want to go and outdo that wouldn't he yeah absolutely starting his second choice goalkeeper as well I <laughs> <laughs> definitely uh, Cameron share your thoughts on, on Motherwell's opponent and maybe more specifically their, their manager uh, yeah um, I'll, I'll not repeat my <laughs> previous podcast comments on Oren Kearney who is actually an okay manager uh, great guy love him I uh, no, a I nice man it's like, yeah, a Brendan Rodgers situation no, listen to that. Well, yeah, worse. Sometimes, sometimes there's an overlap in those two fields, but. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> That's going to be. Brendan Rogers forever going to be out of context energy sport now, isn't it? Because only us. Know yeah, that. it's only <laughs> us, and we're just doing this for ourselves, which is the case most of the time anyway, so. Very true. Um, yeah, what, um, do you, what do you think about Motherwell's chances in Colerain, it's a weird one, their two last games. They played La Farita, a San Marinese team, and edged them 1 0, like scraped by. So you'd be thinking, oh, hopeless, like take them off the park, basically. Then they played Maribor and beat them on penalties in the last round. Away so, from home? Away from home, exactly. Like Maribor, a, a pretty good European team, like quite well known to the Scottish sides, um, pretty dangerous. So if they can beat mm-hmm. them, they probably just had an off day against the San Marinese side. So Motherwell, maybe in the form that they're on, need to watch out. But they, they went out and. Um, who was it they played last week, Motherwell? Who did they be in the last round? St. Johnson. Um, no, so I mean, in, in Europe, oh, sorry. Uh, Glenn, Glenn Torrin. Torrin. Glenn Torrin, that's it. Um, and they hammered them. So if they go out with that sort of energy tonight, they should be beating Coleraine. They should be. Yeah, well, we hope it's good for all the Scottish teams. There's no embarrassments like we saw last year. Um, 
Aberdeen take on Motherwell, the two European representatives. They play each other this weekend on Sunday. Jamie, do you think do you expect the Dons to keep up their good run of form? That's four wins on the bounce for them. Is the game at Fir Park or Pataudry? It's up at Pataudry. It's up at Pataudry. Aberdeen are very strong at home. I've highlighted it numerous times before. Um, this seems to be so often that they don't kind of concede a goal at home and they, they win games like 1-2-0, much like a Sheffield United in the Premier League last season. Yeah. Um, I think Aberdeen have got every chance at home and I would fancy them to get the better than Motherwell. Um, Jack, there's been three positive tests at Hamilton Ackies this week. How do you think that will affect them going into their game at Rugby Park? I think mentally it's always just going to be a bit of a block, but I mean it's Rugby Park at the end of the day, so <laughs> no, I'm, jo- I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'll, I'll, try, I'll try and be fair. Try and be I'll try fair. And be fair. Uh, <laughs> harder, harder than you suggest. Yeah. Uh, no, it's always, it's always going to weigh down because at that point you're kind of playing and you know that uh, your teammates aren't, are struggling; they're not able to be alongside you, so it might kind of mentally affect them. But Hamilton, they've looked a bit more up and down recently. Like they've had some. Last match was a good one, Sean. You were at it at Livingston, and if they can keep that going, then I think they'll give Kelly some real trouble. Do we know who's got who is out of those games? Has anyone seen? I'm not. I don't know if they're still protecting uh, the sort of anonymity. Of I'll have I'll have a look quickly. You have then. a look, but I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think from a commander perspective how I feel about this because it's just going to be it's kind of uh, a lose lose situation. Yeah, if you don't beat an Aki's team that's already depleted. Um, yeah then that's not a very good look. And then if you win, it's kind of like, well, yeah, Alex Dyer's got to win against a depleted Aki's team. So, But as I said on the Football Roundup this week, it's a massive run of games for Kilmarnock as they uh, take on Aki's, then Levy, then St Mirren. So really need to start picking up points or the first manager to get the sack could be leaving oh. Rugby Park. Yes, Jack? An hour, an hour ago, Brian Rice uh, confirming three false positive COVID tests. For the second test... Ah, so they were they, they were tested out, yeah they were tested again and were uh, were all all came back negative second time around so, so are they okay to play or Gogic still had to miss his didn't he Gogic still had to miss his so mm-hmm. I don't know Rice admits ah yeah no I don't think they'll be able to and they've all, they've already got players sidelined so it could could end up with an incomplete bench as well so. All the more embarrassing when they beat Kilmarnock. <laughs> yeah, Kilmarnock nil, Hamilton once. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, I can definitely see that happening. Can't wait. Um, we are talking earlier, Cameron, about how we're not really sure how the league table will pan out. There's that clear top four and then everyone else is in a sort of uh, free-for-all. And you definitely say that um, Dundee United, St Mirren, St Johnson, Ross County... Um, are all in that category, they take on each other. Is there one out of those four that you'd say has particularly stood out to you over um, the start of the season? Um, you know what, maybe just going back from the games that they played last week, um, St. Mirren were really poor against Hibs, United were really poor, Ross County also smashed by Selick, whereas St. Johnston stuck out to me a little bit, they got beat 1-0 with Motherwell, they basically just relied on Alan Campbell to score a screamer, and that's the only reason they won. And honestly, they just missed so many chances. If they can just maybe find someone that isn't Stevie May to lead their front line, hmm. St Johnston should be getting more goals. They should be winning games. And I think I'd even put them as my fifth place team. Um, like I don't like the football they play, but Cam Davidson's coming in and maybe trying to change one or two things. But um, yeah, they shouldn't have got beat off Motherwell last week. So I reckon I, I couldn't call the United or St Mirren game, but I can call them beating Ross County, I think. And I think I may get some, some contention with this, particularly from 
our Chelsea and Liverpool representatives, but my shout for, for game of the week is Hibs versus Rangers at Easter Road. Yeah, um, also mine. Well done, Jamie, I like that, because it's second versus third, no, sorry, first versus second in the Scottish Premiership. Mm-hmm. Um, two teams who we know have been very good defensively, but have also put on good displays um, in an attacking sense as well. It'll be very interesting. This is the first proper test for, for uh, Rangers, I think, as I said on the roundup as well that they did go to the Tawdry first game of the season but uh, Aberdeen really didn't seem up to scratch and were far removed from the team we're seeing now um, so it'll be interesting to see how you expect either Rangers are going to concede their first goal of the season or um, Hibs are going to concede their first goal from open play it's very hard to see um, either of those records remaining intact at the end of this so that would be mm-hmm. mash it for game of the week Jamie you're in agreement with me how do you see this one going? I couldn't call it. Um, you said it yourself. Both teams have looked good going forward, and both teams have looked fairly solid defensively. So it has got all the makings of a of a decent game, if you ask me. Um, whether it, it turns out to be a decent game is another matter altogether. But I'm certainly very very much looking forward to it. And uh, much like yourself, Sean, I do love watching the Scottish game, despite my team not being in the league this year. Um, so really looking forward to the game on Sunday, and I will go with a draw, score draw. I like that. Um, keep the title race interesting for for Hibs. Are we going with that? Um, <laughs> Strewn with. Yes. Well, would he? <laughs> Jack, you might disagree with us on that for for game of the week. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm misjudging you. But have you got another shout, perhaps? You know what? No, I, I was going to back uh, Chelsea Liverpool because it's just a uh, massive uh, two massive teams come together. But at the same time, the same can be said with Rangers and Hibs. Uh, I'll pro- I'd probably back that more because I feel like Love there's that. a bit more to play for considering yep. that the Scottish League's been going on for at least a month, like uh, games longer than the English uh, Premier League's been going on already. It's only the second game week in England. Uh, Chelsea, they're still looking like an incomplete team at the moment. Liverpool looked defensively chaotic, I want to say, against Leeds in that 4-3 victory. Yep. So I-, I could see that being an entertaining game, but in terms of what uh, the game means very little at the moment the only thing it could really do is make a statement from Lampard about his chances uh, this season but no I think uh, Rangers and Hibs has more on the line so I'm going to go for that and I, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to put a score on it because I genuinely can't predict what would happen yeah. well, well you, I'm sure you guys will be talking more about that game on the Fantasy Ramble which will be out soon today, tomorrow Jack? Tomorrow, tomorrow. We're, we're going tomorrow Cool, so that'll be out tomorrow, so keep an eye on that for all your fantasy Premier League tips and uh, a preview of the Premier League. But Cameron, still focus on that game a bit. Do you expect a lot of the narrative to surround Timo Werner and his uh, move from Chelsea, which very easily could have been to Liverpool? Yeah, that would be the certainly what Sky or BT or whatever focus on. Yeah, that would be their narrative. But I thought, I've only seen the highlights for the Chelsea Brown game, so please feel free to correct me. But I thought Ver- Werner looked really just electric, like up for it, mm-hmm. especially when he won that penalty. Just to, aye, crack, so that's good to know because I've only seen the highlights. But um, <laughs> yeah, I just think he, he could really haunt Liverpool, uh, despite never playing for them. Uh, still got that kind of feeling about it. And uh, I'm with Jack completely, by the way. It's too difficult to call. It could be. A, a really crazy game. Um, I'll I'll stick with Hibs Rangers for game of the week, but um, because you have to, because you're outnumbered. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have a choice. It's but, game of the week anyway. Uh, no, I think that's. I think Hibs Rangers. I didn't really speak of that. I think that will be just as it's the exact same. Can't call it, and it could be a crazy scoreline. Uh, hopefully, both of them are, and um, maybe keep my own Wolf City as well. I think that'll be an interesting game, but not as exciting as either of those two. 
Well, that rounds up this episode of Energy Extra Time. Don't forget to subscribe so the podcast appears in your feed automatically and you can find us on Twitter at ENRG Extra Time. Uh, as I said, don't forget to check out the, the Fantasy Ramble tomorrow and uh, check out energysport.net for articles and podcasts and all that good stuff. Thank you very much to Cameron Monstall, Jack Donnelly and Jamie McIntosh for joining me and we hope to see you again next week. Cheers.